Welcome to Paranormal Almanac. With your host, Kurt Sandvik. That's right, I'm your host, Kurt Sandvig, and on this week's edition of Paranormal Almanac, let's talk about a haunted studio. But first, as always, we got shout-outs. Gonna get right on into this. Shout-outs going out to Nikki Loves James. I like that. Nikki Loves James. Cobalt Slayer, 42, Lori, Alicia, Rebecca, Esteban, Anne, Stephen Cher, Jennifer, Heather G. This user is totally not a skinwalker. I repeat, this user is totally not a skinwalker. Zuzus, what's that? Nico Cher and the Mouse, thank you again for the card. Mark Tortuga, Hannah Boo, Mike from Jersey, Jay Bizzle, Andy, Tracy, Virginia, Tony, Jason, Vicky, Crow, Clay, Buzz, Libido Works, Isabel, Jen, Jen, Stacy, Amber, Tracy, Kelly, Joe, Menace the Beast, Kick-Ass, Magic, Robot, Webcomic, Stan, Sandy, Paige, Kosh, Bentman, 666, Andrew, Scott, Andrea, Melody, Vicky, Vanessa, Marisol, Liam, Roger, Gamerfan, Laura Pitts, Dan, Todd, Jamie, and Elijah Hendrickson, Chuck, Nanashi, Jade, Carolyn, Manning, Jade, Mark, J. Mark Autumn, Veronica, the Lawrence Strawn, hey, howdy, hi, Lawrence, Joe, Jeff T., Lindsay, Jerry, Bob, Cindy, Dorian, Audra, Isabel, April, Russell, Lauren, Will, Robin, Carrie, Ashley, Cindy, Hayden, Zozo the Demon, <laughs> Seth, George, Alexandra, Ian, Ricardo, Kenneth, Tim, Trudy, Art Muffin, Sherry, Voitech, Elizabeth, Becca, Jake, and the Beasties, and finally, Alicia, with two special shout-outs, as always. Going out to, this one's a special, special one, to Joe Teague and a stitch, because it was just the anniversary, sadly, of Joe's passing. Uh, all right, don't forget, there is a phrase that pays, because the awesome, awesome Kate from Tee Public is going to give away two Paranormal Almanac t-shirts. That's right, two people can win a free Paranormal Almanac t-shirt. All you got to do is when you hear the phrase that pays later in this episode, you just email paranormalalmanac at gmail.com, and you're entered. That's it. Boom. Boom, bam. Done. Yeah, that's it. You're entered. It is going to... Oh, you have to write, actually, in the email, you have to tell me what the phrase that pays is. It's not quite that easy, but it's pretty damn easy, you got to admit. Uh, but yeah, it's it's going to go... It's going to run for the whole month of May. <clears throat> this is the second episode that the phrase that pays has been brought up. I've got a bunch of entries already. Uh, if you've already entered, you don't have to enter again. Don't worry, you're already in the contest. One entry per person. But it's it's a great deal. Thank you, TeePublic, so much. You can head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash paranormal dash almanac if you want to see what all the styles are. And there are a bunch of paranormal almanac shirts that I've I've made 98% of, designed 98% of, and um, love 99% of them. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, now, there's some really great styles. Hold on, Rum wants to get in on this uh, promotion. Come on up. 
That's right. Hi, Rum. We're doing the we're doing the phrase that pays. Do you know what the phrase that pays is, Rum? I'll whisper it to you. Hold on a second. Yeah. All right. So Rum is in on it. Uh, they don't make dog T-shirts yet. Hopefully, they will soon. But yeah, so when you hear the phrase that pays, all you've got to do is email paranormalalmanac at gmail.com. Put phrase that pays in the subject and then just what is the phrase that pays, which I'll be saying later on in this episode. Hint, probably during the interview part of this episode. It's that easy. You can't, you can't, uh, you can't get much easier than that to get a free paranormal almanac shirt. And not just one, but two. Thank you again to tpublic.com. Once again, tpublic.com slash stores slash paranormal dash almanac. If you just want to go, you're like, I don't want to wait for the freeze that pays. I just want to buy myself a paranormal almanac shirt and support Kurt. Well, that's where you go. All right, let's get right on in to paranormal news. Zozo Demon, Zozo Demon. That's awesome. I got to say, if you want to send in your own bumper music for Paranormal News, all you have to do is, you know, make some amazingly cool bumper music, like the stuff that you hear already, and just uh, email it to me, paranormalalmanac.gmail.com. I would love to play it for you. I love when people send me bumper music. And if you don't want to do, like, bumper music for Paranormal News and you just want to do, like, hey, Kurt, here's a fun Paranormal Almanac theme song or here's something that just, you know, is Paranormal Almanac related, yeah, yeah, send that to me. That's That would be awesome. I, I want to hear it. I love you guys. You guys are so many. You're so much more talented than me is what I'm saying. All right, the first story in Paranormal News. Straight from Loch Ness. That's right. There is... Ian O'Fadigan again. My God, that man. Gotta love him. Um, He says he has seen something else on Monday evening as he was surveying, as he always seems to do. Does this guy, like, never sleep and he's just constantly surveying the live stream? And if so, again, good on you, buddy. But it says mysterious movement and splashing at 21.55 p.m. at, at night, Loch Ness. Here we go. Can't wait to watch this. Hopefully this sound works. It wasn't working for the longest time, and I don't know why. Oh, there's no sound to this video. Well, don't worry about it then. So it's a video of the the lock. My friends just got back from Loch Ness. They actually went and searched for Nessie. Oh, there is a big splashy movement thingy toward the top right. Hold on, I want to... Oh, yeah, that's a big splashy movement-y thingy, top right. Yep. Ian O'Fadigan, you've done it again, you brilliant bastard. I love him. I love everything about him. All righty. Uh, yeah, I'll put that up on the uh, Facebook fan page, but you can find it. He's got his own web web page on YouTube. It should just be called, I don't know what it's called, but it should just be called, like, Ian O'Fadigan is going to always... The brand story. Stop. No, don't, don't do a commercial. I'm talking about Ian, you bastard. Um, it should just be called, I see Nessie way more than you. But um, it says, uh, mysterious object captured on Vilm webcam... Shoreland Lodges at 2155 on the 8th of May, 2023. Object 15 to 20 feet long. Accelerates about 600 feet down. Uh, object can be seen rising up three feet out of the lock with two black humps coming out of the water about 15 feet apart with a plenty of splashing sound. 
Love it. In fact, hold on. I would love to have you on my podcast, Paranormal Almanac. Please. Paranormal Almanac at gmail.com. All right. Ball's in your court, Ian. I'd love to have him on, man. I got to talk to this guy. This guy, he talks about Nessie almost as much as I do. Thank you, bro. That was a very, very sweet kiss from you while I was trying to talk about Ian O'Fadigan. Rum is hanging out in my lap because there's bacon about two feet in front of her, so she's no dummy. She's she's trying to kiss up and get the bacon that that's for her. It's not even for me. Already up next, Ukrainian female co-host caught blinking her reptilian eyes during interview. Um, Kurt here. I'm already going to say no and bullshit, but for you guys, I'm going to watch it. So... The hidden underbelly. Alright, I'm watching her. Let's see it again. Watch her eyes that are clearly fake. <laughs> it's not even done well. Like it's I mean, yeah, I mean it's it's a reptilian eye blink. Um but my guess is this this says this was caught during an interview about atheist to holiness on something an internet TV channel. Cool. Find me I'll put this on the Facebook fan page as well, but find me the original internet TV channel that this was caught on during the interview atheist to holiest holiness on well let's see if I can do it real quick while I got you guys there. Maybe I can debunk it live. Alrighty. Searching YouTube. Atheist to holiness. Ah, this is from two years ago. All right, well, it's six hours long. Jesus Christ. Am I going to watch all six hours? All right, let me see if I can. Here's what I'm going to do. On this screen, I'm going to put, no, stop, stop playing. On this screen, I'm going to put the, the presenter's eyes video that I just did. Real quickly, we're going to see if I can do this in real time real quickly so I can get a screen grab of that so I can see what it looks like. And then I'm going to scroll through that six hours real quick and see if I can line up where he and her were sitting and see if I can do this for you. Okay, right there. Perfect. Okay, so it's just him on the left. His hands are crossed. Her to her, her to his right. So let's scroll until I can see that. Nothing yet. Skip through an hour of it. Skip through two hours of it. There's not a lot. This is mostly not them. Oh, here we go. I think I got it. Okay. So it's going to be right around here. Okay. I think I've synced it up. Is there any way I can watch this fast-forward style? There's no way to make it go double speed, huh? All righty. This is definitely getting closer. All right, there's the girl. There's a reptilian lady. So she only did it once in six hours. She doesn't blink like an alien for the rest of the six hours. I call that odd as well. All right, here we go. 
I'm at the spot pretty much. Let's see. I'm it. I found the spot. All right, here it is. So it should be in the next 30 seconds or so. Okay. Yep. This is the spot. Definitely. She's not blinking weird on the original video. There's her eyes closely. No. No reptilian blinking in the original video. All right, cool. Well, I debunked that one then. So if you guys want to debunk it, it's three hours and 25 minutes. I think it is. I just skipped off. I just clicked off it. It was like three hours and 25 minutes into the six-hour thing. You can actually just Google or go to YouTube and just type in from an atheist to holiness. It's on the Alatra TV North America channel on YouTube. And you go to about three hours, and what did I say already? Three hours and 25 minutes, something like that, in? Yeah, three hours, and I'm back. I'm trying to click back on it, sorry. Three hours and 32 minutes, sorry. Three hours and 32 minutes in. Three hours and 32 minutes in, and there is no alien blinking from the co-host. Debunked live right there. So if you didn't actually click on the actual real video and scroll through three hours of it and just watch this really crappy The Hidden Underbelly channel, how many clicks, how many links, let's see how many watches this thing has gotten because I'm going to get mad if they've gotten like a million views already and I managed to debunk it in, what, two minutes, three minutes. Uh, let's see, it's got 639,000 views. And, uh, oh, come on. It, and it's got 639,000 views, and I managed to debunk it in minutes. Yeah, some of those comments are like, hey, actually, uh, you can literally see a rectangle used as a mask in After Effects. Cool story, bro. Like, there's people making fun of them, but still got 639,000 views on something that is easily dismissible. So well, we're going to move on to the next story in Paranormal News. Weird West Texas... Why are so many UFO sightings reported in our region? It was a warm summer evening in 1951 when, oh God, there's a big pop-up that just popped up. It was a warm summer evening in 1951 when three professors from Texas Technological College saw a group of strange lights moving in V formation across the sky over Lubbock. The Lubbock, Texas UFO uh, story. If you don't know it, I did an episode about it. But, said the same thing happened in 2012. Uh, let's see. This one that said that it was a multi-rotor, which allowed him to take aerial photos for his company, Swing Wing Productions. The data shows that West Texas accounts for nearly half of Texas's reported UFO sightings since the 1990s. So far this year, only two of them reported in the Lubbock area. One witness stated there were blinking lights, but not a, but not a place for about three minutes on, uh, March 18th in Wolf, Wolforth, while another stated they saw a V-shaped formation with five lights traveling low and fairly slow for about five seconds on January 19th. Since 1998, Lubbock has had more than 50 reported UFO sightings. Many describe a V-shaped object with several dim lights or a triangle-shaped object. So if you want to see a lot of um, UFOs and you happen to live near Lubbock, Texas, I'd say go there, stay there, do that, whatever you want to say. Alrighty, up next in Paranormal News... YouTuber Logan Paul, and he's always, if you got to say, like, he's always, he always tells the truth, so this has got to be true. YouTuber Logan Paul claims he has secret UFO video, said to be the most compelling ever. All right, you know what? Hey, 
YouTube wrestler, fighter, whatever, Logan Paul, come on this podcast. I'm inviting you now. Come on the show. Let's talk about UFOs. Tell me about this secret UFO video. But he has confirmed a viral rumor that he has a copy of a legendary UFO video said to be the most compelling evidence of the phenomena ever caught on camera. Speaking on his podcast on Tuesday, the 28-year-old said he finally broke his silence about the story told by UFO documentary filmmaker James Fox on the Joe Rogan Experience last month. Uh, He confirmed that Fox's claim that while he unsuccessfully tried to buy the footage from Nevada man Chuck Clark for 100 grand in cash, he used a hidden camera to record the TV screen after asking to watch the video. Uh, That's... All right, dick move, bro. Um... I offered him $100,000 for his tape after I'd seen it. Let me tell you this. He should, have fu- he should have taken the money because I got the footage anyway. And I'll tell you why I did it. Because it's a little twisted of me to put, a sm- put on a small button camera and film UFO footage that isn't mine. Yeah, yeah all right. He seems like a great guy. Um, prove it to me, man. Come on my show. Show me the footage. I won't videotape it. I won't have a button camera on there. But show me. You show me, and I will gladly apologize and say you were right and I'm wrong. Finally, in paranormal news, seeing a UFO in Glasgow, is it Glasgow or Glasgow? Glasgow. I'm just going to say Glasgow. Inspired my Eurovision song. That's right. Last year's win by Sam Ryder, who sang Spaceman, brought the 2023 final to Liverpool. But he said he represented the UK in 1987 with a song inspired by a sighting of a UFO in his home city of Glasgow. All of my adult life, I've had an affinity with all things UFOs, not of this world. It was about 1984, and I was in my car driving on the new M8 motorway. I sat at a junction after coming off. I looked up, and I saw this massive light in the sky, but it moved from my left right across my vision to the right and then slowly disappeared. I thought I had to report this to authorities. I did, and the next day, the same thing had been seen over parts of Wales. I knew it wasn't just me. This was something not of this earth. That's cool. And so he wrote a song about it. Um, Let's see. What's the name of the song, dude? I want to... What the hell's the name of the song? I don't know. It's it's too many scrolling. He wrote a song about it. Take a take a listen. Find it and take a listen. All righty. Uh, let's uh, let's wrap it up for uh, paranormal news. Let's get right on into this. Uh, well, actually, no. Before we get into this, I want to talk about something real quick before we go to break and get get right into uh, to guest Jean Saint Laurent, who you'll be hearing from very shortly. Um, So this week, I got an email from Spotify congratulating me on 1.6 million downloads, which I will say is is fantastic. It's really cool. Thanks to you all. You're the ones who did this. Thank you so much. But 1.6 million downloads. And I thought, wow, that's cool. Like, wonder what that comes out to in, in, you know, cash, like, because they pay stuff, they pay people. So, so I wrote back, I said, oh, well, thank you very much. Um, you know, how do I set up my account so I can get paid for this? And they went, oh, no, 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 no. We don't, we don't pay, we don't pay podcasters. Unless you're hosted by Spotify, you don't get paid for 1.6 million downloads. And I thought, well, that's weird because I've listened to Paranormal Almanac on Spotify. I, I don't listen to my my show very rarely ever. But I have listened to it on Spotify and then Stitcher and then on, like, I'll, I'll listen to them on a few different uh, platforms just to see how they're doing it, how many ads they're adding and all that fun stuff. And Spotify always has an ad, unless you're, like, Spotify Premium or whatever. There's ads all over 
my show that they throw on. And I was like, okay, that's really weird. So Spotify is adding ads. So they're getting ad revenue from my podcast 1.6 million times. And I did a little quick math. The, uh, the average ad, just to let you guys know, a little like behind the scenes secret, the average ads are $10 per thousand listens. You'll average $10 per thousand listens. Some way, way more, some way, way, way less. Uh, but anyhow, that's the average. So it's $10 per thousand listens. If there's only one ad, and like I said, on Spotify, there's more than one ad on my show, they're making $160,000 on average, basically, on my show and not paying me a penny. Not a penny. Not even a free Spotify account. Nothing. Like, like nothing. There's... They're not paying a penny, nor will they. So I posted about this on Facebook, and I had a bunch of people go like, well, that sucks, dudes. What are you going to do? And I'm like, well, I'm going to take my thing off of Spotify. Why am I giving them free money? Why are they making $160,000 minimum? That's only with one ad. Most of the time, it's two or three ads. You can, you can do the math. Why am I giving them my content for them to make a lot of money, in my opinion, is more money than I'll ever make, uh, off of my show? So I'm going to take it down. And people are like, well, that's dumb because that's like 30% because it is. It's about 30% of my listens come from Spotify. And I said, well, yeah, but hopefully my hope is that the the real fans will not, will go, all right, well, it's no, he's no longer on Spotify. I got to go find him on, you know, Stitcher or Podbean or however else you find me. And then Spotify will start to notice, hey, we're losing all of these podcasts that get a fair amount of listens. 1.6 million isn't, you know, that's nothing to shake a stick at. That's a lot. I'm I'm eternally grateful for 1.6 million listens on just Spotify, but hopefully Spotify will start to notice that these podcasts are being pulled there. The, 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 the podcast hosts are pulling their, their podcasts from Spotify and they'll go, wow, maybe we should start to pay these guys. Even if it's only a quarter of a percent of the $160,000. You know, if it was 16000 if they said, you know, like what? You know, yeah, we made 160000 off you. We're not going to pay you one hundred sixty grand. we will pay you half of that or a third of that. Yeah, I can't quit my day job, but that's still enough to pay a lot of my bills. I mean... You know, I, I'm I'm rank, I'm racking up bills left and right for just this eye injury that I just had. I think I'm like I can't remember. I'm like twelve hundred or fourteen hundred dollars in the hole already from just this eye surgery. That would go a long ways to helping out someone who's independently doing this themselves. And yet they're not. So my hope is that when it comes down, I've asked them to, uh, I've asked Podbean to stop the RSS feed to Spotify, and I apologize if that's the only way you ever listen to me is on Spotify. Please find me on an, on another thing. Like I said, Stitcher or Podbean or Apple or wherever, I, and listen to me there. But I have to kind of make a stand. I know it's it could be bad. It could be bad business for me. It really could. I could lose 30% of my listeners. I'd hate to think that some of my listeners will leave because of this. And I did have, I did have a listener say, uh, a, paramani- a paramaniac said, you know, like, look, you know, I support you on Patreon, but it, is, it, is it all about money with you? No. No, it's not. But at the same time, I have to take a stand for my art, this thing that I create. 
And again, if a company is making that much money, six figures minimum off of my podcast and not giving me a penny, I do have to take a stand. It's not all about money for me. But my goal, you know, it's been my goal since I started this, is to have this be my job. You know, I can one day quit the day job and just do what I love to do, which is this podcast. And, you know, I was hoping that maybe, you know, pre-pandemic, it was looking like that was going to be the case. My numbers were at the all-time high. You know, it was going really well. I know I said some political stuff that turned off a lot of listeners, and I kind of apologize, I guess. Um, But, you know, the numbers were going in the right direction where I might possibly be able to quit the day job and just do this. And then the pandemic hit and all the world changed and everything. And I was invited to perform this show live. And then the pandemic hit and that, those ideas kind of went away. Um, so hopefully I can build back up to that. That's the goal. And, and you know, like I know that I'm saying in this in the same breath that maybe I am shooting myself in the foot by removing it from Spotify. But I'm, I have to take a stand eventually. So I'm going to take a stand now. I'm going to, I don't know how long it takes to, have it stop the RSS feed to Spotify. And I don't know if it's going to just remove all of the old episodes or if the old episodes are going to stay and then just the new episodes won't be on there. I don't know exactly how that works, but uh, the ball is in motion. So if you listen to me on Spotify, thank you. But please find me on another entity, another app or whatever you want to call it. It's Stitcher or Podbean or Apple or Wherever else you can get your podcast, all I ask is that you please don't listen to Paranormal Almanac on Spotify because fuck them. Fuck them for taking a lot of money, and it's not just from me. I looked it up, and there's a lot of podcasters around the same level as me, some that had just hit 500,000 and got this, some that have hit 5 million and got this, um... You know, some that have only hit 50,000 and has seen this already and decided the same thing that I'm deciding, which is where does it end? You know, how many how many people are going to make money off of my work? This is a lot of work that I put into these episodes. I don't know if you guys realize it. Some people think that I just go online and go like UFO and go to Google and then just read you from that. That is not what I do. Hopefully, hopefully it comes off like that. But anyhow, that's my little soapbox for Spotify. So... This episode will probably be called something like F Spotify, but uh, or at least be in the subject line because frankly, fuck Spotify. Seriously, fuck you hard. Pay your pay the people, like, even if it's just a, a quarter of a penny. Pay your artists. It's not hard. Stop making money off of small artists. That's crap. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back with more Paranormal Almanac, not on Spotify. We are back. Sorry again about that little uh, soapbox that I just did, but I had to do it. It irked me to no end. I hope that you guys don't stop listening to me. I hope you don't think it's just all about the money. That's not the case at all. Um, Again, I just would love to make this my job, make a living off of this. All right, anyhow, we're back. This episode is um, it's kind of bittersweet. I'll tell you why in just a second, but I'm very happy to have my guest that you're about to hear on this episode. His name is 
John St. Laurent, or as I like to call him, Jean St. Laurent, because it just sounds cool. Um, I've known him for, well, we talk about that, how long we've known each other on the actual, in the actual, not interview. It was more of just like him telling a story and me just listening, and, that, and I enjoyed the shit out of it. Uh, but he's worked on countless productions, as you're about to hear. He's been in the industry for quite a bit. And, uh, well, before the pandemic, I had this idea of having him, my best friend Joe Teague, and a couple other grips that I knew come on to talk about their own paranormal encounters on set because they pretty much have all had them. For some reason, like John and I will talk about in a little bit, every soundstage has a ghost, and I don't know what it is about it. It's like that, you know, every theater has a ghost, and most hotels have ghosts. It's just... It just comes with the territory. And most of these guys are hardcore, like, skeptics, like, as you'll hear John is as well. They're hardcore skeptics, and then, you know, something weird will happen on set, and they're like, that, 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 was, that was weird. Well, you know, unfortunately for the world, uh, Joe died in a traffic accident, and that idea kind of died along with them. The idea of having them come onto, onto my show, it, it kind of died along with Joe. And uh, But John... John kept saying how he still wanted to come on one day, and so we finally got the timing right, and well, you know, here he is. Here's John. He's going to tell you a little bit about the history, which is very cool. I'm glad he did it. In case you don't know anything about Culver Studios is what we're going to be talking about, Haunted Culver Studios. And if you don't know anything about the history of Culver Studios, John's going to loop you into that, and then he's going to tell his story from Culver Studios. But at the end... I'll come back at the end to talk about other paranormal things that are actually seen at Culver Studios and just around Culver Studios. So stay, you know, stay for that if you want, or just listen to John's part and, and bounce. But uh, I can't thank John enough for for coming on and doing this. So um, let's go to John. All righty, cool. So I think we should. Just, I, I just want to jump right into it. So, uh, like, like I said, I'm going to do an intro, talk about how this is like one of the the longest episodes that I've been wanting, or episode I've been wanting to do for the longest time, and that I know nothing about it, and I'm very excited to go into this interview completely blind, which is not something I normally do. Uh, so with that. Uh, all righty. Hi. Welcome to the show, finally. Great to be here. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Yeah. I mean, I think it is I think it is very sweet when any of my friends actually go ahead and listen to the show. Uh, how long have I known you? That was one of the things I was trying to talk, think about earlier, and I don't know. Like, 10 years? It hasn't nine, been that long. Eight years? No, nah, I don't know if it's been that long either. All right. It's pre-pandemic, so that's oh, five. Absolutely. So it's at least five years. I would say it's... 26. 2017, 2018, in there. All right, so Somewhere you guys do this. Everybody can do the math at home. Um, whatever that is. So that seems about right. And and we met because of? Uh, my wife and yeah. who's best friends with Elisa. Yeah. By extension, Joe. And, yeah. and uh, all right, so tell <laughs> the people what you do for a living. I am a dailies colorist. Uh, basically, that means... When a motion picture or a film is shooting, um, they usually shoot with lots of different camera formats or they have a very specific look that they want to achieve. My job is to make it all look right for editorial. 
I, all, all unison. Correct. So, like, if you're shooting on an iPhone or an Alexa or a film camera and everything, you want it all to look the same. Um, and generally, a DP has a specific look they want to go for, and we generally try and facilitate that as well. Uh, but my job starts as soon as production wraps. So if they are on a day schedule, my job generally starts at night. Sometimes I am in a post facility away from set, but I not now because I have a family and everything. But in the before times, I used to travel all around the world uh, with production. I'd be set up with editorial. So wait, where would you be set up with that editorial? And there's, don't worry, everybody. If you're wondering, did I not tune into Paranormal Almanac? <laughs> you did, and we're going to get there. But this just is this is just for me for backstory because if I don't know it, I assume that maybe probably a lot of people that aren't in the industry would know it. So where would they set you up? Yeah, so depending on the size of the budget, editorial does travel with production. Really? Yes, depending on the budget um, and facilities and things like that. Um because I always pictured you guys just in a dark room in some like trailer somewhere. Yeah, a trailer very or office building Sometimes or something. Sometimes we're yeah. in a hotel. No two shows are ever the same. I've I've done well over a hundred shows. No show. No two shows are ever the same. Oh, that's a good. All right. So I, in case I missed it or I didn't ask this already, how long have you been doing this? Uh, since I've I've been doing dailies color since 2011 and how do you get into dailies color um i used to work for panavision i um which is great timing because now there's a writer strike happening. yeah and uh during the last writer strike the um company i worked for ended up getting purchased by panavision laid off nearly everybody Oof. and then uh, we got absorbed into panavision hollywood um i was a camera prep tech there uh, worked for Panavision for about three years, quit, did my own thing, uh, freelance music video producing for Island Def Jam, real low budget stuff with, with my best friend and writing partner. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we worked with like Hoobastank and nice. Fall Out Boy and Neon Trees and yeah. Holy crap. So, I definitely don't think yeah. I knew that. So we did the, um, the Hoobastank, uh, Ghostbusters music video <laughs> they did for Halloween uh, many, many moons ago. Wait, I think Sean Bishop worked on that. I don't know about that. Interesting. I got to ask him. I think he did. That's weird. Yeah. I did not know that. All right, so yeah, cool. Yeah, I produced that. That's and, very yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, but, you know, we didn't make any money doing that stuff because most of it was viral and, you know, really, at the end of the day, we're writing, shooting, producing, editing, like, me and my buddy and uh and at the end of the day we were walking away with like two grand jesus like it was it was stupid um so a, a friend of mine basically called me up one day and he was just like hey i know you're looking for work we're doing this new thing called digital dailies there's this new movie coming out called hunger games they need never some, heard of it no nope. they need somebody to be on location in north carolina i was like i know Absolutely nothing about post-production. He says, yeah, but you understand camera, which is more than a lot of post people understand. So he was like, I'll bring you up to speed. You'll be totally fine. He brought me up to speed. I was not totally fine. Luckily, <laughs> luckily at the 11th hour, uh, Hunger Games decided to shoot film. And um, I was able to um, 
basically hone my skills a little while longer, which is great because I think it would have been a disaster if I if I had went out. Well, at least um, it was a small little film that you were going to be on and not yeah. something big. Um, but then, so when I did get sent out, I got sent out on Iron Man 3, and that started a very long relationship with Marvel. Um, I ended up doing 11 projects for them. Man. And, uh, yeah. All right. So very cool resume. I now kind of understand what you do for a living. And now I'm just going to turn it over to you because like I said, uh, you know, in the intro, I have no idea what the story is. We talked about you being on the show pre-pandemic. Sure. Obviously, crap happened in the world. And then you had a wonderful baby. Actually, you, had a, you got married to a wonderful woman and then had a wonderful baby. So you've been a little bit busy. A little bit. Um, but we finally have a chance to buckle down, sit down, and I have, like I said, this is the only time I think I've ever done this show where I have no idea what's about to come next. And even in the live shows, I can kind of guess, like if that's a live caller show, they want to be talking about a ghost or a demon or whatever. So like, I know where that's going to go. Or they just, it's some punk kid saying some racist thing and then hanging up. Like, that's easy. But for this one, I'm very curious. So I'm going to, I'm just going to turn it over to you and I'm going to probably interrupt you a billion times. So sure. over to you. Let me preface all of this by saying I categorically do not believe in the supernatural. However, <laughs> I want to believe. Okay. All right. So as you will know that at the end of this, I'm going to ask you, do you believe in the supernatural more or less after whatever you're about to tell me? So I'm very curious to see how that's going to go. Also, that having been said, I love the paranormal and the supernatural. Um, so wait, do you consider yourself a skeptical believer or are you just a skeptic that happens to have a, you know, like likes the niche of paranormal? No, I'm hard science. Um, but I can respect that. But if the paranormal does exist, then science, there is a reason for it scientifically. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Science then, will prove which the paranormal. Then makes it not paranormal. That's exactly it. Which is also the worst word ever because it's just a blanket term that really doesn't mean a lot. Dr. Travis Taylor, um, astrophysicist that I talked to recently was saying that like we were talking about how it's a terrible term, but it helps because if someone's into the paranormal, they're going to probably type in paranormal and paranormal almanac is first. So that's why I named it that. But yes, I'm with you on the whole like science thing. So, okay, back to you. I'm, I'm into this. Sure. Like, and I love cryptids. Like, I'm a big fan of the Flatwoods monster. Yeah. He's, he's, just, he's my man. Um, that's an, all right, hold on. That's an <laughs> odd choice for a cryptid. So oh, he's not, so adorable. It's not the it's Loch Ness. Not yeah. It's not Bigfoot. Yeah. It's not even like, like, like a jackalope or anything. Yeah. You go straight to Flatwoods. Oh, no, yeah, because, you know... Got the whole West Virginia. You got Mothman there, and oh, that's true. Yeah. cold, and and you know all that stuff. I, I love it. All right, cool, cool, cool. Big big fan of you know the Hudson Valley Triangle. And, yeah, you know. that one. I gotta say th that episode. The more I looked into it, the more stuff there was, and I actually had to leave stuff out of that episode yeah. just because oh, it just so keeps much. going. Yeah, I mean it's an endless rabbit hole of weird triangle. My uh um. My wife's sister is getting married. Congratulations. Oh, congrats. Um, but um, 
her fiance is from the Hudson Valley. Oh, wow. And when we first met him, when Lauren and I found out that he was from the Hudson Valley, we were just like, oh, like, have you seen any weird, <laughs> like, what have you seen? Like, you know, you went, you grew up there your whole life. And he's like, yeah. And he looked at us and he was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. See, I knew about. that was going to be the answer. And I was just like, how do you go through high school and right? everything and just not know of the history of all the weird right how is that not a lore that people are going to be like trying to like get you to go i want you to go to that corner and see if anything happens like exactly like going to you know spend a night in the woods yeah yeah yeah. i mean even in michigan the dog man like that's something that we just did in college like go out in the woods dog man you know just obviously dog man wasn't going to be out there hopefully but it scared the hell out of you every town's got like a gravity hill or something you know man that's a that is a disappointment. I was now nah, you know what? I retract my congrats. <laughs> <laughs> um but yes, so uh we're talking the Culver Studios. Yes. Um and Culver City in general is is a hotbed of paranormal. It like, really is. Yeah, you got the uh, the entity house yeah. is in uh, is in Culver City. Have you have you well, it's, have driven by it? Yeah. Yeah. It's weird, right? Yeah. It's not just weird. It, it, there's something weird. It's weird because it's a very cute house. Yeah. It's cute. But there's a dark, there's a weird feeling you get. Now, do you think it's because we know what happened or 100%. thought happened at the NNT house? Or is it there's something in the air? No, I think I think it's 100% just the, the note. It's like if you went to the Amityville house. You know, you're going to have the exact same sure. feeling. Sure. You know what? You just reminded me that on the list of things that I wanted to do um, for the patrons is I want to do an episode sitting in my car in front of the, the entity house. Oh, so great. I got to, I got to, all right, that's well, a note to Kurt. That that has yeah, to happen. It's a 15 minute drive for me. It really is. <laughs> all right. It's back on the list. Um, but yeah. Um, and then there's of course the, um, the Culver hotel. Uh, True. Famous, which is uh, directly, like across diagonally from uh, the studio itself. I didn't realize it was that close to the studios. Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. So, um, so we were talking earlier about uh, the wizard of Oz. Yes. So famously yeah. all the munchkins were uh, the movie um, under the rainbow with Carrie Fisher and Chevy chase. Yep. Yeah. So that is supposedly based on the munchkins staying at the, uh, at the Culver hotel and all the shenanigans that went on. And there's actually a, a tunnel that runs underneath uh, the Culver Hotel into the studio. Does it really? Is this, so, or is that an urban legend? Because I've no, heard that, but uh, I didn't um, know if it was you real. You can go online. You can see the. You can see where it is. Um, and there's like it's boarded up now, but it's downstairs in the basement. Man, they're all boarded up. There was. I was just talking to some guy. Uh, well, not recently when I was working in, in Hollywood, and he showed me under the Pantages. There's a tunnel that would go to the Egyptian. But same thing. It's yeah. all like filled in, not boarded up, but oh, filled well, in. Yeah. F- famously, um, was a Paramount that had all the hidden tunnels. Yeah. yeah and I'm, I'm like, there's got to be some of those have to still exist. I'm sure Boy, they're still I, being used too. Oh, there there are be. tunnels everywhere. Like if there's a studio, there are tunnels. Ah, I love this. All right, keep so going. I, think I love how this. They yeah. Smuggle things in and out, you know. Especially in old Hollywood. Especially in old. Hollywood. Oh yeah. yeah oh heck yeah. yeah. Um, so the, are you familiar with the history of the Culver studios? I am. I am only because I absolutely love old Hollywood and the fact that you can't go to any studio without going to a haunted location. So it's just, you know, it's high up on like, yep, love them. Absolutely love everything about them. So should I walk through the yeah? Oh, please! Before oh, my, always a hundred percent. Yes, please. Ah, right. uh, yeah. If you if you if you're willing to do it, I'm yeah. gonna say yes because I right. always yeah. 
So I guess I'll just start telling some of the history if you want to jump in. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, so um, Culver, so Robert Entz, one of the, uh, he basically, he kind of invented the studio system. Uh, See, I already learned something. I didn't know that. uh, Back in, this is the silent era. This is, I think, uh, I think it was called Inceland or Inceville. It was something like that. It was a studio at the end of Sunset Boulevard right on the coast. Um, and he was looking to move his studio. It was like, yeah, it was like right on the ocean, like on a cliff overlooking the ocean. And apparently he, it was just like plagued by the elements, like fog rolling <laughs> of in. Of course, yeah. Like, like lots, of, lots and lots of problems. And then he was looking to move a studio inland. And originally, I think he bought what is now, not MGM, but what is it now, Sony. Okay. So Sony Studios used to be MGM Studios. Yep. Before that, I forget what it was called, um, but they called it the Triangle back then. Um, and he either did buy it or was in the process of buying it, and the deal fell through. So he ended up um, along Washington Boulevard buying basically an orchard, yeah. essentially, like yeah. everything in California. Yep. Um, and built a studio uh right along Washington Boulevard, kind of like adjacent from the Triangle, which later became MGM. And um, founded, uh, I think it was just called Ent Studios. I may yes, be, I may yes. If they initially, and if it's wrong, don't worry, I'll cut in right. and do my little overdub. But and, yeah, uh, I think it is as well. Yeah, and I think they ended up doing like 200 silent films there. Yeah, so, yeah it was like crazy, yeah. crazy. And not crazy. just in the studios, but on all of the streets surrounding it. Anything Correct. that was connected to the studios kind of became the studio's back lot, even though it's real streets. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the, the structure there that everyone knows is the front house. Oh, yeah. And it's this, this beautiful, uh, it was based on Mount Vernon. Mm-hmm. And uh, beautiful white columns and beautiful architecture. Yeah, just picture any kind of like gone with the wind kind of plantation, housey kind of thing. A lot of people think that that is, but it's not. It's not, It's like everyone's false. It's like a uh, Mandela effect. It it really is. It really is, yeah. thinks that's that. And if people drive by it all the time, like, hey, look, gone with the wind. But if you actually look at that, like the gone with the wind house and look at that one, you're like, nope, it's not even close. No, I mean, it's close because it's a big plantation-y, mansion-y thing, sure. but no, you're 100% right, yeah. yeah. But it's been used in even just the front, even though it's production offices and stuff, and we'll get to it when, when Zel, um, Selznick bought it. Um, he used it at his office. In fact, it was, it's Mel Brooks. I don't know if it's currently Mel Brooks' Well, that's office. what I was going to ask. What's going on with it now? Because Oh, I'll get to that. Oh, okay, good, good, good. Yeah, All right, yeah, cool. Yeah, I don't want to jump ahead. All right, sweet. I think it's heartbreaking. That's what I'm afraid of. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so uh, Studio Ints, you know, one of the biggest names in Hollywood. Um, it's 1924, I believe, and it's his birthday, and he has become involved with William Randolph Hearst. Yep. Um, who, of course, famously is involved with uh, Marion Davies. Oh, yeah. Um, and it is Ince's birthday, and Hearst invites, invites Ince as well as some friends reportedly Charlie Chaplin was there um, as well as a gossip columnist I forget her name from the East Coast that one I don't know I, but I know that I know yeah. where this is going and, and I the, love it yeah and there's lots and lots of you know they get on this boat 
in San Pedro, I believe, and it's during Prohibition. So boat sets off. This is a Hearst's boat, big, beautiful, giant yacht. Wait, was W.C. Fields there as well? Why am I thinking that? I don't believe so. He may have been. I don't Okay, know. all right, sorry. Uh, not to my knowledge, he was there, though. Um, or Fatty Arbuckle or... No, 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 that was the San Francisco one. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, but yes, keep going. Sorry, sorry. Um, so they set sail. They don't set sail. It's not a mast <laughs> ship, but they, they steam out, I suppose. Uh, uh, three miles out because you can legally drink. International waters. Yeah. So they are headed down. Uh, they are heading down towards San Diego. Yep. Um, reportedly, there is a huge party. And... <sighs> Hold on, which I should point out for in case anybody doesn't know this, that from Catalina to San Diego to basically Palos Verdes, but some people like to say L.A., is a huge triangle, another triangle yes. in that area. Sorry. But you've done an episode. I have, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See? Nope. See, people? <laughs> pay attention. <laughs> um. So, yeah. Uh. So, I believe they're aboard for two nights. I could be mistaken. Um, but the rumor at the time was that Marion Davies, who was in a relationship with William Randolph Hearst. Yep. Um, and all of this was also covered in Citizen Kane, famously. And Orson Welles will come back into this story. <laughs> Spoiler. Spoiler. <laughs> oh, and by the way, the only people that can correct John's story are people that were actually at the party. So if you weren't one of these people, you can't correct the story. We're Just, just go with this. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm an authority all of a sudden. Yes, apparently I was gonna. I'm sure. I'm so bummed. Hold on, I gotta. I gotta tell you why I keep rolling back. Um, years and years ago, at an estate sale, uh, where I got like this Charlie Charlie Bergen, um, uh, Charles MacArthur, and, and uh, Edgar Bergen original radio script. Mm -hmm. I also have William Randolph Hearst's divorce papers. Like the actual, the actual ones, papers. yeah. And I was like, "Damn it, this is this is pertinent to the story, but it's there's so much shit in front of it, so I can't." Uh, but that's why I keep rolling back for just for you, because no one can hear, no one well, can see me. Now you've invited his ghost. Hey, well, that's exactly it. He's yeah, he's just gonna appear now. Yep. Um. So yeah. So there's a bunch of partying going on, and um. Apparently, um. Thomas Ince was uh had a lot of health issues. Yep. Uh, ulcers, heart condition. Bunch of things going on. Plus he, plus he, plus he drank, drank and quite he a wasn't bit. supposed to drink. No. He knew he wasn't supposed yeah. to drink. So the official story is that after a night of partying, he suffered a heart attack yep. um, due to severe indigestion. Um, and they rushed him at that point. The closest port was San Diego. They rushed him to San Diego, put him on a train back to Los Angeles, and died on the train. Because that's what you want to do with someone who's having a heart attack. You don't want to just take care of them down there at the nearest hospital. Throw them on a train, get them back up to right. L.A. So the story that Orson Welles told Doc Bogdanovich, Peter Doc Bogdanovich, who made a film about it called The Cat's Meow. Yes. Um, Which he, I don't think I've ever seen. Oh, you should. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Oh, no, I really don't think I've ever seen it. There's a very good reason why you should watch it. Oh, shit. All right. Is because Edward Herman plays Hearst. No way. Yeah. Ah, that's cool. No, I, I definitely have never seen it then. Yeah, oh, it's great. Uh, Carrie Elwes plays um, Ince. 
Um, and uh, Eddie Izzard plays Charlie Chaplin. All right, now hold on for another second. Oh, and Kirsten, Kirsten Dunst is Marion Davies. What's good? Uh, what is, hold on. What is, rum, what is rum? Sorry, rum is looking at something and telling me that I need to see it, and that's not a good sign. It's a ghost. The phrase that pays is bathroom ghost. The phrase that pays is bathroom ghost. Email. Uh, send an email to paranormalalmanac at gmail.com with the phrase that pays as the subject and bathroom ghost. Good luck. It's the ghost of William Randolph Hearst. I've got a mouse in my house. <laughs> Shite, it's a bottle. Nope, leave him alone, Rum. <sighs> All right, I'm back. Apparently, <laughs> yes, I, thank you, Rum. Good girl. Apparently, I've got a mouse in my house. And a big one at that. All right, well, Great. I'll take care of that after this episode. All right. What the hell, man? Where did that come from? Okay, sorry. Back to the... All right, so he's on the train. He's dead. Yeah. That's the official story. <clears throat> but according to some people, um, at the time, it was rumored that Marion Davies was having an affair with Charlie Chaplin. And if you look at Charlie Chaplin and you look at Thomas Ince they have a similarity between them physically. Sure. About the same age, same height, same build, same hair. And as the story is told, um, in a fit of jealous rage, Hurst mistook um, Ince for Charlie Chaplin and shot him. Um, the, both families completely dispute it, saying it's a complete fabrication. But there's a lot of weirdness surrounding it. There's a lot of like, well, this is weird. Like, supposedly there was a witness, this uh, this uh, journalist, and apparently she was the only one to have a lifetime contract <laughs> with uh, with uh, Hearst's paper. Yeah. There's a lot of weirdness surrounding it. Um, and even at the time, it was a scandal. And apparently, like, it never went away, really, for Hearst. Whether or not it's true or not, who knows, and we'll never know. But it's probably true. Based on everything that old Hollywood has taught me, if there is a hint of a scandal, there's mm-hmm. pro- there's a kernel of truth to every scandal that's sure. ever happened, except for maybe the Fatty Arbuckle one. I'm still, I don't think that one actually really happened, but who knows? Um, so almost immediately, about a year later, the wife, so his wife takes over the studio, ownership of the studio, sells it a year later. Um, I believe to Selznick, um, which kind of made it the de facto like headquarters of Hollywood. And um, I know a lot of people in Culver City got real butt hurt when it said they were made in Hollywood, California, when in fact most of the motion pictures coming out at the time were being made in Culver City. Sure, they made obviously you know famously Gone with the Wind, Wizard of Oz, King Kong. Oh, I didn't realize King Kong. I thought, why, why, why am I thinking King Kong was at Universal? Parts of King Kong were, oh, okay. sh- were shot there. All right. Um, and then um, RKO came in and bought it. Yeah. Uh, so Howard Hughes ended up owning the studio oh, at yeah. some point. 
Um, and then he ended up selling it to General Tires. <laughs> That's who, right. Who owned it for a while until it was bought by Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. The Desi Lou. Des- Desi Lou. Yep. Uh, where famously Star Trek was birthed. Oh, there. yeah. So both pilots to Star Trek was shot on the lot. Um, by then, it had the nickname of 40 Acres. I believe at the time it was 42 Acres. See, now again, I thought that all, the, even the, the, the pilot of Star Trek was shot at Paramount. I didn't realize no, it was called. both pilots it. were shot. Oh, at, interesting. Uh, but then, and then after the pilot. Yeah, then shot. I know that. Yeah, then they moved to Paramount. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, and then famously, Batman was shot there as well. Yeah. And, um, and you can see the building I am talking about in great detail in the episode where Catwoman proposes marriage to Batman when they're chasing over the rooftops. Interesting. And, and Julie Newmar as Catwoman is proposes marriage. It's basically suicide or marriage. She's going to jump. And, uh, and Batman goes, well, what about Robin? And she's like, well, Robin, we can kill Robin. <laughs> it's great. Um, but basically where they're running is directly above where my story takes place. Interesting. All right. Which is kind of cool. I like it. This is Hollywood backstories. As everybody knows, I love old Hollywood. Yep. So anyway, became the Culver Studios, and then Amazon bought it, and they bulldozed the lot. They did. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. set is the last set that I visited on that lot, Um, visiting uh, our friend Joe, and... uh, you know, he took everything he possibly could that wasn't nailed down, and even yeah. some stuff that were nailed down because they were going to bulldoze these classic sound stages, yeah. like these sound stages. But the building, the white building, is still there, right? White building's still there. There, as is the bungalows. So yeah, they because that's yeah, they moved the bungalows at the far end of the studio, um, and they moved it, which would have been the parking structure behind. Um, Actually, the, the structure's underground, but there's a structure behind the main building. Yes. And they moved uh, the bungalows there because those were considered uh, historical. Um, Which it all should have been. I, I honestly, don't understand why stages two and three weren't because that those were the bit too big. Well, Universal did the same thing. I know. So, like, with, if, with for the, all like, if we're getting too deep stage. into the Hollywood crap, I apologize, but it just drives me crazy that these sound stages that have been around, like the Universal ones, they've been around since like Phantom of the Opera, like yeah. the oldest sound stages, you you know, still there. I'm so still happy working. I got to see the Phantom of the Opera stage. Oh yeah, yeah. So did I. But yeah, they just they just like yeah, we're done. We need bigger sound stages to just. Tore them all down yeah. for, you know, to, progress. To make, to make the digital media center. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's Building K. I think it's a digital media center now. And yeah. So, like, they basically leveled the whole, the whole lot. Um, all yeah, right. And that's what it is today. So, there's your, there's your history of Hollywood, the history of Culver Studios. Now that brings us up to you. Yes. So, this happened... And you're not going to believe this. It was Halloween night. <laughs> of course it was. 2013. And I was working on a television show. I won't name it because I'm an NDA. But um, my dailies system was located in the production studios, which was above sound stages two and three, which were the two big main sound yeah those are huge yeah 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 and (laughs) and we were i believe we were shooting on soundstage three 
if I remember correctly. And um, so editorial was located with us too. And geography kind of plays a little bit into it. I'm sure if your listeners really care, they can pull out old maps of Culver Studio. But oh, there was, oh, yeah, easily. <laughs> there was There's the main drag that goes straight down through the studio, which was in Ince Avenue, Ince Drive. It's named after Robert, uh, Thomas Ince. Do I, say, I keep saying Robert. Do I, I meant to say Thomas. That's all right. If, if you did, Robert I'll, I'll correct it. No worries. And, if you, and you know what? Even if I don't correct it. Okay. It's Thomas. There you go. It's We corrected it. We're good. See, listen to the whole episode before you complain. <laughs> and um, so I was caught. So a different Daily's colorist had started the show. Um, I was working on another project. I had wrapped my project. And then uh, they wanted to move the colorist that was on the project to a different project. And I was going to take over him. So I took over uh, mid-season. Okay. For him. And uh, I knew this guy for a very long time. Big coast to coast guy. Big. Nice. Big conspiracy theory guy. And I, you know, even back then I knew. Like the fun kind of conspiracy theories. Fun kind of conspiracy okay, good. theories. And um, going in, like I knew a little bit of the history of, of the studio. So the first thing I did when I showed up to, to like start going over the handoff of the show was just like, what have you seen? Yeah. Like, have yeah, you yeah, seen yeah. anything? And he looks at me and he just smiles and grin. And he's like, I haven't seen anything, but I talked to the cleaning ladies every night. Oh, oh nice. And he's just like the stories these cleaning ladies have. <laughs> now, did he I tell you any of those no, stories? he did Damn. not. And he didn't give me any details. And the frustrating thing is that my entire time there, I didn't see one cleaning lady. Maybe they're the ghosts. See, there, there's the twist. There's your M. Night Shyamalan twist. All right, all right. So, yeah, so the, all right, perfect. So you, you knew, you kind of knew what you were getting yourself into going into Halloween night. Yes. And and my job is to be at the studio by myself. Oh, no, that's very, I'm, I'm so yes. glad you said that. Because I, yes. in my mind, I knew that is exactly right. Yes. But so for those, the, I, yeah. I, I work the night shift. I am always opposite production. So when everyone goes home, that's when I'm working so that the following day when editorial shows up, they have beautiful color-corrected metadata sync sound dailies to cut. And and if you've ever been on a soundstage, even like if you're like doing one of the tours, even like a Universal like Hollywood tour or any of that kind of stuff, there it's the it's the most magical place, but it's also a very spooky place at night. It can be quite terrifying. It's it's yeah, it is absolutely terrifying. Like doing overnight shoots when I was an extra back in the day, doing overnight shoots on sound stages, and then they're like, okay, you're wrapped. Just walk, you know, whatever, like 15 blocks through the sound stages to get back to your car. Mm -hmm. See ya. It's creepy as shit. Yeah. And I was with like other people and, you know, security guards and everything where you're, you are you, just you alone. That's creepy as hell already. All right. Yeah. Go, sorry. Go ahead. So there are, Two particular ghosts that are said to haunt the, st the studio. One is the classic white woman, and she is generally relegated to the main house. Now, just to be clear, you don't mean she's a white woman. You mean a lady in white. The lady in white. Yes. Yes, the famous lady yep. in white who appears all over the world. <laughs> Every culture has one. Every culture but has one. there are ones at Paramount. Uh, which one at Fox? And I'm assuming it must be Culver's the other one I'm thinking of. There's like three yeah. stu studios that have a lady in white. So it's got to be this one then. Yeah. yeah. All right. And, and she generally sticks to the main house, apparently. 
Um, and the other one, of course, is Robert Ince, who has been seen several times, usually dressed like to the nines. He's like in a nice suit. He's got a top hat. Very, very dapper. See, I don't think I could pick out him if you showed me like 15 guys in a top hat and from that era. Other than, uh, well, maybe I could, but I don't think I could. So, like, that's interesting that people are like, oh, I know whose ghost that is. That's his. Sure. So, all right. And famously, apparently, a grip was up um, in stage, either stage two or three, was up on the catwalk, and uh, that's above the sound stage, and ran into him up there and was told to leave. And oh. as, as the grip turned around to look back, he disappeared into the sound stage wall between the two sound stages two and three. Oh wow! Because there's like a the big, that's the the story that everyone tells. There's a a story similar to that, but obviously not of inst at Paramount, almost like almost identical. Where you know, like the grip was told to get out, and he's like, "What are you talking about?" And then turns around, and there's nobody there up like 40, 50 feet up in yeah. the berms and the in the catwalks. That's crazy cool. It's always a grip. Yeah, they always. Oh god, yeah. Well, again, because <laughs> they're always up in places where people shouldn't technically be, and they're usually alone or just one or two guys. So again, the creepiest spots you could possibly want to be in a soundstage by yourself. So. The production offices were actually above the soundstage. Um, sound stages two and three. They the windows of the bungalows look out onto uh, Ince Boulevard or Drive or whatever it is. Um, so we have main production office, and then directly next to us was editorial, and then directly to them was the bathrooms in the kitchen, as well as an elevator that you could get down because mm-hmm. it's quite high. So where my system was set up, my back would have been <laughs> my back would have been where the dividing wall between sound stages two and three is. So it's Halloween night. Um, I am watching um, the Rankin Bass. Nice, uh, Mad, Mad Monster Mad Party. Monster yeah. Party. Um, Halloween horror horror fan, of course. Yeah, I always do a movie marathon every Halloween. It gets longer and longer. Now I start in like September, <laughs> um, but I at least do thirty. I at least do one a day. Um, and I and the only criteria is I I cannot have seen the film prior. That's oh, that's neat. Today. I like that. So it's twenty thirteen. I had never seen Mad Monster Party, uh, so I was watching that. Great, great fun flick. Oh yeah. And um, I'm a big tea drinker. I drink tons and tons and tons of tea to get me through the night. And my tea was empty. So in order to get to the kitchen, which is essentially three rooms over, you have to exit out onto the balcony that overlooks the main drag, uh, Ince Boulevard. Uh And so I step out, I make a right, and it's all open air. Walk along, and then you make an immediate right to go into the kitchen, right past the elevator. It's a short hallway, and it's the women's bathroom immediately to the right. About five feet from there is the door to the men's bathroom. Mm -hmm. And then there's a a quick L to the left, and then it's the kitchen door. And there's no no door on the kitchen. It's like taken off its hinges. But you walk in, it's a small production kitchen. Um, so the span of the journey, once I turn right to go towards the kitchen, 
is only about maybe between 15 and 20 feet. Okay. It's not far at all. Yeah. So to mistake anything is literally impossible because it's <laughs> okay. like right there, like okay. almost within arm's distance. So it's Halloween night. Everyone is just rushing to get out, to get home to their kids and trick-or-treating and their parties and, and whatever. So they wrapped early and the studio was dead like pretty quick. Um, so I'm walking down the hallway I've got my mug in my hand and as I lift, I'm walking and as I lift my leg and I never forget my right leg to step over the threshold into the kitchen. Yeah. The men's bathroom, which is direct door to, which is directly to my right. Yep. I would say less than 10 feet away. It just slams with incredible. The door was closed when I walked by it. Yeah. Walk by it, the door just slams with incredible force. Now, do you mean like like someone, something, or somebody slammed against it, or that somebody slammed it closed? It, it as if the door had been closed and somebody with all of their ah, might like it. slammed the door, but the door was closed when I had passed it. Yeah, and there's no one there, and I'm like, what the? I like I stop and I just like my. Legs like in the air, and I just close my eyes and I smile and I just go, You have got to be kidding me. So I put my mug down and I turn and I look at the door and then I go and I open the door. Oh, wow. So you're braver than I thought. I really, oh, no. I was going to ask, Do my, you run? Do no, you go? My brain immediately went into eliminate everything this can possibly be. Yeah. Because who knows, maybe, yes. maybe it's a security guard that shouldn't be there that happened to be using the bathroom. Well, my biggest thing is they close those big doors, air suction goes up through the rafters. Sure, something. okay, there you go, and it, suction. And it, was, yeah. it was some sort of air compressed yeah. you know, suction. Yeah. It gets weird. So I open the door, and, and the door opens inward. And when I open the door, it triggers the light. Motion sensor Oh, motion light. sensor light. So the light was off. The, the light was off when I opened the door, which means that the door slamming did not trigger the light sensor. Yeah, yeah. Which was really weird. Doubly weird is there skeptic, was... Skeptic one, yes, the, yep, all right. There was a hydraulic hinge on the top that prevents the door from slamming. Two, okay. So I tried to slam the door as hard as I could, and the door will not slam. Like, you can't slam it. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, maybe it was suction. Maybe it was, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I get up on top of the toilet, and I grab my phone and use it as a flashlight and lift up one of the ceiling panels to look up at the top and I don't feel like a draft or anything. I don't feel any wind moving. You're really going hard on this I, paranormal I investigation. Gonna, I was not going to let it go. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, this is just so weird. So I exit the bathroom and I was just like, you know what? Maybe, maybe like 
me walking by the door. Yeah, I knew you like, were going to go there. Yeah. Created like a creak or I stepped somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I must have looked like an idiot. Like I was jumping up and down in front of the door, like trying to do anything to, to like figure out how this could happen. Spoiler. Yeah. It didn't. Yes. So <laughs> I stop and I'm the only one there. And I go, you know what? I I guess like it's possible I wasn't paying too much attention. Maybe it was the women's bathroom. So I go to the women's bathroom and conduct the and exact, do the exact same exact thing, yeah, same thing, yeah, yep. with the exact same results. Nothing happening. So I'm I'm like, all right, well that's real weird, bizarre. I close the door, turn my back on the women's bathroom. I proceed to go back into the kitchen and right at the exact same moment when I'm about to step into the kitchen, the women's bathroom does the same thing. Holy crap. Someone does not want you in that kitchen. So first it was the men's bathroom and then it was the woman's bathroom and the same thing, like the door just slamming with intense force. And it was closed because I had closed it when I left after doing my right. investigation. I don't care how brave <laughs> and skeptical you are. At this point, you're scared. I, no, I was smiling to myself because, like, I wasn't believing what it was, was happening. Because, you know, when something, like, really, when high strangeness oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. happens to yeah. you, you almost kind of feel like you're watching a movie. That's exactly it. You get that weird calm that comes over you, and yeah. you do things that... You know, if someone was watching you as a movie, would be yelling at you like, "Why are you doing that? Are you Leave doing, that area!" Run away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't freaked out. I was intrigued. Which I'm sure people listening right now are going, "Well, get the fuck out of there, dude! What are you yeah. doing, man?" I had a job to do. I couldn't leave. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I go back into the kitchen. I, I, I fill my cup, get my tea, I walk back. Past the, the bathrooms, I would say a little bit closer to the far wall. Stepping <laughs> over the pee stain that you just did yeah, right in the hallway. Right there. <laughs> and then I go and I sit down. And as I sat down, I looked at the clock. And it was 12.05 Halloween Ooh. night. Trans, you know, heading into Day of the Dead. Um, so wait, when you go back, is your... For, correct me if I'm. I want to put it. I want to put like in, in my mind's eye. When you go back and sit down at your spot, my spot, you're now back to your back is to where you just all this shit just happened. No, it would be to my far right. Okay, but still. But the sound stages were the dividing wall. Oh, that's right. That's right. The divider wall. Happened, yeah. Yes. Would have been directly behind. Oh me. come on, man. All right, keep going. I like this. I like I, this. That's that's pretty much. All right. Where, so yeah, all right. So so you just. Worked through the night, and you were yeah. just like, well, that that was weird. Did yeah. you tell anybody about that? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Did they? I, in fact, I think I, I was on social media at the time, so I think I did a, a long Facebook post about it. Now, did anybody like, I know exactly that same thing? No. You know, like no coworker was like, yep, weird things happened to me too? No, Nothing because kinda... that's one of the sad things about my job is you generally don't see a lot oh, of people Oh, I guess that's true. You wouldn't. Yeah, because you're a lot, you're, you're opposite. Generally, you, if you're hearing from editorial a lot of times, it's because you did something wrong. That so, is a good point. So, that is a good point. Now, have you worked in that 
office area again? No, I never worked on the Culver lot. Oh. I, I did. I did a couple of like loadouts and load ins, um, but never, never working overnight again. Oh. Um, yeah, I, I'm impressed that like you had the wherewithal to not do the first investigation, but the second investigation. The, I wasn't you know. gonna. I wasn't gonna just like shrug it off to like it's ghosts. Like, no. and but you didn't hear like. Steps, you didn't hear no. any of the basics. Nothing, no, no. smells, no tobacco no. smell, none of that shit. I mean, there was always a must. It's an old studio, so it smells musty. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's all right, old. so there's more. No, no, it's, no that's no, cool. No. no, I get that. Um, but, See, that's cool. But um, I will say, so when you do make that left-hand turn to go into the kitchen, there is a very, very long hallway with no doors that stretches to the end um, of soundstage three. Oh, wow. And there were several times where I got creeped out and I felt you get the, that feeling that something is there. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. No, you know what though? And that happened a lot, but again, and it's, it's, it's your mind, you know. Yeah. Are you playing? Well, that's, was, that's yeah. exactly what I was going to say. What I like about this is that you weren't watching. I don't know. I'll just pick like the shining. Oh, I wasn't watching something scary at all. I that's was, exactly. I was it. watching a child. You were program. watching, you were watching a children's <laughs> movie. So it's yeah. not like you were psyching yourself up no. for a ghost encounter or like for me, it was like, you know, you weren't watching poltergeist. Cause I, Sure. I hate that movie. Um, that movie tormented me as a child. But, uh, you know, so it wasn't do, like you psyched you yourself up. It, you no, I just don't like it. it. Really? I just don't like it at all. I, that movie scared, legitimately scared me as a child to the point where I'm like, yep, nope, F everything about that yeah. movie. Going back to The Entity, one of the reasons I really like Poltergeist is the the scientific act, you know, the, oh, yeah. the researchers coming in. Oh, yeah. I think that's re really cool about it. Oh, uh, I'm sure entity. that's what made me like paranormal investigating i'm yeah. sure it is or like but, in the you know. entity where they sort of like recreate the house on yep. a soundstage oh god yeah. yeah oh heck yeah oh that's a good one yeah um yeah no like all right so so is this your only paranormal encounter in for hollywood you can we can do we'll start well, in hollywood i would say paranormal there uh, when i was in high school <laughs> tragically um i lost some friends in a plane crash oh no um, I ran cross country. Um, we were on a sports team, you know, sports team, ran track and field. Um, and uh, uh, one of our team captain, who was a grade above me, uh, he and his uh, stepdad, who was our uh, one of our coaches as well, um, and the girls' team captain as well, they went scouting colleges in a private plane because he was a pilot. Oh wow! And the plane went missing, and. I had this dream where I was on the track. There was fog all around. I was in the middle of the field and uh, I was lacing up my shoes to go and run around the track. The, uh, he comes out of the fog. I was, and I'm like, Hey man, like everyone's looking for you. Where have you been? And he's like, I get the, the plane crashed, you know, like we're gone. I woke up that day. We had a race. We get on the bus and the, oof, come onto the bus and give us the news that they found the plane. And that that's the only, like, I mean, again, it's the subconscious doing that. It's sure, yeah. but it is yeah. an unexplained thing that happens 
all too often, all too often everybody around has, the world. I feel world. like everybody has a story. Like yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Someone dies. You woke up. You know that someone dies. Yeah. Exactly. Like yeah. Um, all right. So with the with the Hollywood story, mm -hmm. and again, you knew the the background. You knew everything that 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 happened in that studio, and you've heard things that you know that studio was haunted. As do I. Mm -hmm. Do you consider yourself, from that night, do you consider yourself equally a skeptic or slightly more believing because something happened to you that you can't explain, that you tried to debunk skeptically, scientifically, that you couldn't debunk? Where does that leave you? I'm I am still the same skeptic. How can you say that, man? Yeah. Come on. Because there are You had a paranormal experience. There are other explanations. Like what? I, like if you want to go down, like like let's let's play let's play devil's advocate for a second. I mean, the, the biggest thing is is got to be a draft, an airflow, something like that. But why would it do it to one bathroom and, and then and do it trigger, to the other? Not trigger the light and not, not trigger the light. Not do any of the stuff that it should have I done. Do not have an explanation. Yeah. For see, that. see that leaves you with an uh, unexplained the shred of doubt. The but the, yeah, but the shred of doubt is still there. I like that. I like that. Um. See, all right, so I like this. All right, now that I know the story, mm -hmm. I am going to, I've got a week till this one comes out. I found this on the web. The hell are you talking about, lady? I'm talking right now. Uh, I've got a week till this one comes out. I want to see if I can find anything that correlates to your story. I would love that. Yeah, yeah, I want to see if there's anybody else that's like, you know what, this weird thing happened to me, like on Reddit, you know, like anything like that. Um well, what I'm hoping is that other listeners. Oh yeah, oh yeah, will and come forward. and you know, if I really, really leaned because into it or pushed it out farther, I could ask all of our other friends, all of Joe's friends that absolutely. are still doing grips and cameras and lighting and everything, best boy and all the other crap that they're doing that you don't know what they are when you see the credits. Um, I, I could ask them, but then the, none. I have to really push this episode out a few weeks because they take forever to get back to anybody. <laughs> but uh, but it would be really interesting to see if that is something that happens all the time. Because like I said, um, I know that Joe had an experience up in the up in the catwalks. Um, I've heard from just anytime anybody that has spent any amount of time on a soundstage, actor or otherwise, has a ghost story. Those things are haunted. It, just like every theater is haunted, every music venue is haunted, for some reason, every soundstage seems to be haunted. It's interesting. I, maybe I will. I don't know. We'll see how far. And see how much time and I And now get. that it's all been demoed, like... See, that's what bums me out. Yeah. It should have really spiked when they were demoing, and then now... Exactly. What's going to happen now? Is it going to be... Because there is a... There is a large building, as I said, I think it's Building K. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, on the lot is is where... But it won't connect because they're not going to be going down the same hallways or into the same doorways. And if you want to do like the old house, like old house kind of a haunting, mm -hmm. when you remodel a house and all of a sudden you got ghosts walking through walls, that's probably seen there now. Or it might be so disconnected that the spirits have no connection to it yeah. anymore and they're just gone. Or... 
is the main house going nuts right now. Well, see, that's the house. That's the only part of the studios that I've never been in. I've never been in. Well, actually, that's not true. I've never been in them, and I've never been in the bungalows, which I would love to because as we were talking about, which I can't remember if it was on air or off, Mel Brooks having his offices there Mm -hmm. in the bungalows. Um, I would love to walk through that. I've walked through the house once um, on my way to lunch <laughs> what's on the inside does it just look like I an office walked, now yeah it's just it's it's white walls ah, see that bums me out because you want it to look old hollywood yeah. like like there are spots in paramount studios where you can still kind of see up like if you ever go to like a taping of like whatever fraser the new fraser whatever yeah. you can still see up in the windows that it's old hollywood up in yeah. those offices and all in those bungalows and in those writers rooms same thing with warner brothers i've 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 probably not legally walked through all of the bungalows uh, in, in Warner Brothers and most of the bungalows at Universal, because back in the day, pre nine eleven, it did it was nothing to get onto a lot. Mm-hmm. All you had to do was carry an empty suitcase and say you're an extra, and they just sure. let you walk around the lots. And that's what I did on my days off. I would just wander through sound stages and try to find the old Hollywood stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I, it bums me out when that's what I expect, and I go around a corner or go into an old building, and it's just white walls and it looks like an office. Every office, like the office from the TV show, The Office, like yep. the most bland, nothing spooky or old Hollywood about it. Luckily, I got to spend a lot of time on the Disney lot. Yeah, uh, that's a, a lot great of, one. A lot of the, the the Disney offices look pretty much oh. the same. I got to see Walt's office. I was going to say, fingers crossed. I've seen Walt's office once years ago, but fingers crossed. I've been told there's a chance that I'll be going through, you know, knock on wood, that I'll be going through Walt's office again because I love, uh, you know, love old Hollywood. But all right, there you go. Somehow I managed to have something that I still can't get through because there's crap in the way uh, connected to the kernel of the beginning of your paranormal story and when you have your next one because now that you've opened it up into the universe that you don't believe in ghosts even when they're right in your face uh (laughs) you know we'll have you back on for a sequel or or and this is you can say no to this if you want to or we could just have you on and you and i could do another haunted hollywood episode because like the history of stuff because i love that kind of stuff too Well, you know me i'm a history junkie. yeah yeah that's why i'm thinking yeah i think that'd be fun i think it'd be cool i want to do that closer to halloween Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. I'd love to do that. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, then we got that. Uh, thanks, man. This yeah. was well worth it. Like, I knew it would be. That's why I was not even worried about it. That was well worth it. <laughs> I didn't and see anything, though, you know? No, that's fine. Yep. Says, but that's the thing. Like, I'm glad that you didn't a- embellish the story to <laughs> I saw a shadow figure or I heard my name because the story itself, <sighs> exactly. Like, just, oh. Uh, the story itself is perfect without having to add that. Like you don't have to add. Don't you don't have to see everything. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah. No. Like you. You know. Like you need to poop. Every 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 ghost story is different, and that's why I like them because I don't want them to all be. And I saw the lady in white. Even though, like we said, every freaking soundstage has got a freaking lady in white. Yep. Yeah. It's bizarre. But if you do see the lady in white, I do want to hear about that one too. <laughs> Where are we? Oh my God, we're actually uh, almost at an exact hour. That's perfect. Perfect timing. I don't even have to, uh, like I said, it's still got a week, maybe, depending on how much time, free time I have between now and when this episode releases. Maybe I will do more about the haunted Culver Studios. So uh, thank you so much. Does anybody want to give a shout out to anything you want to say, anything you want to do? Uh, I, I assume you don't want to, but if you want people to find you, you're, you can feel free to plug whatever. I have absolutely no social media presence whatsoever. 
So you cannot find me anywhere. But, that is true. Uh, yeah. And don't try. Please don't try. I don't take that as a challenge. Check out um, my wife's business. She's a very talented Ooh, costume nice. designer. Um, Lauren St. Lawrence. Um, see, yeah, formerly see. Formerly of Castle Corsetry. Still kind of cor- Castle Corsetry. Oh, still kind of Castle really. Corsetry. Yeah. See, that's the Free problem branded. is that I like St. Laurent. St. Laurent. Yeah, like that's how I was going to introduce you, but now you Lauren just St. Laurent. So now Saint Lauren. Yeah. So now it's like, all right. Our name uh, but is yeah. Such a curse. Uh, so what is her website besides Castle Corsetry? And when I when I say this, I mean if the listeners would like to find her stuff, which I honestly think they should. She is a brilliant seamstress and corset maker and costume maker, like stuff that you've seen in photo shoots and videos and films and whatnot. If you, uh, I, I, you know, what's her, what's her website if people it, want to find it? It's laurensaintlaurent.com, just her name. It's that easy. <laughs> it, please feel free to check it out. Uh, honestly, you should because it's really freaking rad. Yeah, I have makes, amazing, she, talented friends. She, she blows me away on a constant basis. Amazingly talented. She comes up with. Yeah. And maybe maybe by the next one we can talk about the thing that we talked about last time, the mm-hmm. costume that I want she's to talk got, about. She's got some UFO stories. Texas. Well, maybe I'll have her on the show then. <laughs> Forget that crap. Oh, I love it. All right. Thank you so much. And uh, that's about it. All right. So John wanted me to add one thing, kind of loop it back around. He forgot to bring it back around to Orson Welles because Orson Welles ended up shooting Citizen Kane, actually shooting by filming, filming Citizen Kane at Culver Studios after the scandal. So that that brings it all back around from the beginning to the very end. Uh, Orson Welles ended up filming Citizen Kane at Culver Studios, looping it back around. Cool. All righty, we are back. Uh, thanks again, John. Um, that was really cool. I'm glad to have you over to the house for the first time ever, which is just bizarre to me. Um, but like John had talked about, like you just heard, one of the main things he had talked about, um, well, not the main things, but one of the things he had talked about was the mansion that's on Culver Studios lot that you can actually go and see. You can get fairly close to the mansion. I remember walking around that lot and there's like a movie theater that was over there and you could kind of walk real close to the mansion. I did a, uh, I used to have a friend that lived over there. So we would walk around Culver Studios together and just kind of, you know, you know, shoot the shit. But um, I want to talk a little bit for a second about the mansion. So the mansion is a white 1918 colonial revival building. It's 15,000 square foot office building that looks like something like John was saying out of Gone with the Wind, but it's not. It was the first structure at the studio built, and many say it's the most haunted structure still at the studio. In fact, there's a popular story about a secretary who was working there late, uh, late alone in the mansion one night. She entered a ladies' room stall, and the room door opened. She heard hand washing, the water went off, the outdoor door closed. And she was like, well, who the hell is that? I'm the only one in here. And so she bolted out and looked up and down the hall. Again, no place to hide, and no one was there. When she examined the the basin, the, the sink, it was completely dry. Even though she heard the hand washing and all that and the water and everything, the sink was dry, which is very, very close to John's story that you just heard from him. Like, what's with the bathroom ghost at Culver Studios? Uh, still sticking in the mansion. Thomas Ince's ghost. He's been seen by numerous people in the mansion, in his old office, and basically just kind of wandering all about. They'll just see him pass by offices, and they'll be like, who the hell was that 
that look like Thomas Ince, and they'll go out and look to the left and right. Nobody's there. His uh, second floor office still exists, as does an adjacent conference room known as, quote, the boat room. And not surprisingly, there are tons of ghost sightings of Thomas Ince walking through the mansion, through the boat room, into his office. And when they go in there, obviously, there's nobody in there. And there's also a lot of reports about a female ghost in a long flowing dress that's seen all throughout the mansion. But for you skeptics, I will say that I tried to find anybody online that had seen the, the, um, the female ghost in the long flowing dress. Is the, is the dress white? Is it the lady in white kind of a thing? I couldn't find anybody. Everybody that's described her, they just said it was a female ghost, long flowing dress, and never said long flowing white dress. So I guess take the uh, the white dress with the grain of salt, but um, I couldn't I couldn't prove that it's a white dress, just a dress. Still still very very cool. Hold on one second, I take a drink. <clears throat> All righty, from there. Let's cross the street to the hotel that John was talking about, the Culver Hotel. Little backstory on the hotel. The hotel owners have ranged from John Wayne. That's right, the John Wayne, who legend says, I can't prove it, but it's on every freaking site, so I'm going to guess it's true. Grain of salt. Legend said that John Wayne won an ownership portion of the hotel in a lucky game of cards. And it's uh, gone through a bunch of different people all the way up to the current owners, which I believe are the Mulrick family, if I remember correctly. Anyhow, when it was opened, Harry Harry Culver opened it, Culver City, Harry Culver, and it says that he kept his money in a safe on the second floor of the hotel. After he died, the money was moved. Today, that room, it's a small room, it's used to store banquet chairs. And I saw a photo of it online, and it does. It just looks like a little storage room. But from time to time, Harry Culver's ghost is rumored to go back into that room, and they say that he's looking for his money. And he's seen there a lot, either going into that room, coming out of that room, on the second floor of the hotel, in the hallways. He's seen there a lot. There's a story online about a guy, uh, quote, a very big guy, who asked to see the hotel manager. So he goes, uh, the hotel manager went down in a very serious manner. The man said, I want to let you know that the ghost is a very nice man. And he said that the ghost is very happy with what they've done. That's a nice story. It's a nice ghost. But apparently this guy had a conversation with the ghost, knowing full well that it was a ghost. But it has a bunch of ghosts um, all throughout the hotel, all the way down to the bar downstairs. Now, the bar has the usual things like voices, things moving, shadows, but it also has a ghost man that walks the stairs to the bar that's often seen by the staff and the customers. Ghosts are also seen in the hotel hallways and in some of the guest rooms as well. So if you stay there, there's a chance you might be staying with a ghost. Uh, Let's see. Here's a story from a site about the hotel. One psychic felt the presence of a suicide victim near the John Wayne suite, while while another psychic felt the presence of a man eternally walking down the stairs behind the bar. So there's that um, stairs behind the bar thing again. Uh, Could that have been the ghost of Harry Culver coming from his office? They don't know. That's just a big question mark. Why would you ask that? Another member of the hotel staff shared an experience with us that 
that she had in the lobby's restroom. One night, as she was stepping out of the ladies' room, she turned around to witness the faucets turning on with the handles moving by themselves. So, again, lots of bathroom ghost stuff going on in Culver. Uh, Culver City. Here's something interesting from that site as well. Management claim the stories of a secret tunnel connecting to the Culver Studios are not true, or at least they haven't found any evidence of them yet. So, I don't know who to believe on that one. Um, like, John didn't say it's 100% true, but he'd heard, I think, I don't think he said, maybe he said, um, but he'd heard about these, everybody hears about these tunnels. And like I said, I heard about tunnels from the Pantages to the Egyptian um, there's tunnels all over. There were tunnels quite a bit. They did them for a long time. Look, there's a damn good chance there 100% were tunnels. There's a lot of earthquakes in California. Tunnels shouldn't be a thing. So they probably closed them off a long ass time ago and there wouldn't be any evidence of it. So I'm going to say, take the tunnels with a grain of salt, but I, I lean towards there probably were tunnels at one time. Uh, let's see, let's keep going here. Two employees were overheard talking about a corner of the lobby where the lights from the lamps and the sconces would occasionally and mysteriously flicker. Uh, the isolated flickering continued long into the night, just like the ghostly conversations that were held all around the hotel. Uh, then I had a talk about the munch munchkins um, from, the, you know, like that, that thing that, that John and I were talking about. Uh, this is from another site. It says... The Munchkin Connection is the hotel's biggest claim to fame. During the making of the classic film, The Wizard of Oz, over 100 of the little people were playing the Munchkins, and they all stayed in the hotel. That's obviously true. The stories of nightly exploits have become legendary. Over the years, the famous group of tiny actors has been accused of participating in everything from junk, drunken debauchery to all-out orgies. Yeah, that's again, not Hollywood legend. That's just, yeah, it happened. Uh, they've also been blamed for much of the mischievous ghost activity that happens in the hotel, including the disembodied conspiratorial whispers that get hushed at you as you approach. That's weird. Disembodied conspiratorial whispers. I like that. And uh, finally, well, not finally, finally for this episode, there's also another ghost sighting consistently reported in downtown Culver City, Culver City and they know who it is. Oof. Another ghost reported in downtown Culver City, and they know who it is. It's been identified as Dr. Forrest Hall. Who? Well, I looked him up. Dr. Forrest Hall was the health officer in Culver City who built the Hall Building in the middle in the mid-1920s as the first hospital. After losing it in the Great Depression, the structure has been under continuous ownership by the Freeman family, apparently, uh, let's see, it's now, it was a branch of the Bank of Orange County. It's now a restaurant called Akasha. And the owners and bartenders say that the place is haunted, especially by Dr. Forrest Foster. They see, they've seen Dr. Foster there a lot, Dr. Foster Hall. They've seen him a lot. He's seen and heard there often late at night. So if, you, if you're in Culver City, definitely go to the hotel down to the bar. I'm going there in a, just very shortly. I'm actually going there for another one of my little uh, paranormal field trips for the patrons. But there's also a restaurant called Akasha, which they say if you go there late at night, there's a good chance you're going to see the ghost of Dr. For Foster Hall. Boy, I can't, uh, I don't know why I can't say Dr. Foster Hall. Uh, but there you go. So once again, I want to thank John. I thought it was very cool that he, he came by and he told his story because I love firsthand stories of paranormal things. And he's still a skeptic, which is, I like, I think it's funny as well. 
But uh, thanks, John, for coming by. Hope you guys enjoyed this a uh, little bit different version of Paranormal Almanac. A lot of history and some ghost stories thrown in. Once again, I'm your host, Kurt Sandvig. This has been another edition of Paranormal Almanac. Ich habe ein bisschen verlassen, weil ich nicht gerade so sitze.